For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The JSU NAA mobile app is here to help you get involved and stay connected with the university. Log on using your J number and first name to get access to all of the app's features, including benefits and discounts exclusive to alumni for the bookstore and other businesses. Give back to any department at JSU as often as you wish with any amount of your choice. Link up with alumni chapters from Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Louisiana, and connect with Tigers from around the nation. Stay up to date with what happens from the campus to the football field and everywhere else. Get involved, give back, and download the JSU NAA mobile app. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 126 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. I'm joined again by Charles Bishop and Neely. Corey C., how are you doing, sir? Great day to be a Tiger, man. Always, always. <laughs> yes, sir. Great day to be a Tiger, man. Glad to once again be on Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Uh, Charles Bishop, man, always a pleasure to be with you. And super dope producer, the Corey C., uh, greetings to you as well, brother. Hey, man, it's always a pleasure. You know, I, I jokingly said it's a great day to be a Tiger, but, you know, it's, it's always a great time to be a football fan this time of year. Uh, with the Super Bowl coming up, which is, of course, always a big deal. That's a national holiday, and that usually signals the end of football season. But for us Jackson State fans, it's really a great time to be a football fan because this year that signals the start of our first ever spring football season. So I know you guys are, are getting ready for that. We just had the pleasure, of course, of speaking with Coach Dennis Thurman, an awesome interview, definitely learned a lot from him. Uh, but, you know, we can't talk to a defensive coordinator without also talking to an offensive coordinator. So having said that, let's welcome in Coach Jason Phillips to the show. Thanks for coming on, Coach. Oh, not a problem. Thanks for having me, D. Corey C., uh, Charles, and, and Neely. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> so no doubt. No doubt. Welcome in. All right. All right. And, and, and Coach, yes, I think yes, we sir. can 
I think we can still call you the recently named co-offensive coordinator because you were literally just officially named uh, for this position or to this position a few weeks ago. I don't know if you've even had a chance to even change your driver's license yet. It's been so been so recent, but welcome to Mississippi. Welcome to JSU. Welcome to the SWAC. And how has the city been treating you so far? Uh, so far, so good, man. It's been a obviously a warm welcome um, being here with uh, Coach Prime and the staff has been tremendous. I mean, more importantly, man, the fans, the fan base here has been tremendous and the players, you know, the players have been real receptive. And um, so it's been an awesome, awesome experience just being here. Uh, I should have I'd have known it was going to be this treated this. I was going to be treated this well. And I'd have gotten here earlier. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, It's been great, man. Just hopefully we'll have a chance to uh, get to know the community a little bit better. Obviously, I'd like to get to know you guys a little bit better and. And um, once we put a product on the field that we all can be proud of, man, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this relationship will, will flourish. No doubt. Yeah, good good deal, Coach. And, and, and I just want to also echo Corey and, you know, as a native Jacksonian and graduate of Jackson State University, also welcome you to the city and to the campus. And, man, it's, it's, we're proud, elated, and, and, and happy to, to, to have you here. And as we go through this episode of Tiger Talk, you know, we just want to, uh, you know, get to know you, get like, let our fan base get to know you. So let, let's talk about your coaching style. You know, what, uh, what, what's the, what's the fingerprint uh, that people can look <laughs> forward to, uh, to, to know what your style represents as it relates to the offense. I tell you what, you know, that's the second time I've been asked that question. Um, you know, my style is simple. It, it, it'll reflect my background. Um, I, I, grew, mm-hmm. I grew up playing the game of football. Um, in, in a spread system back in my days as a player at U of H, University of Houston, um, coached in a lot of systems, wide open spread systems with uh, my days at Houston with Coach Sumlin. And obviously we had Dana Hogerson there with us and, and Cliff Kingsbury. I spent some time at SMU with June Jones. So the, the philosophy and the style will be that of, you know, being wide open, man, just getting after people uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm a demanding guy. I'm a detailed guy. You know, I'm a, I'm a demand that my players come to work every day and punch that clock with a purpose and, um, you know, and, and go from there, you know, because my philosophy mm-hmm. is simple. If you show up for practice, that means you showed up to work to get better. So I expect that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you didn't want to come here and get work and get better, you shouldn't have showed up. But if you're, you're showing up is you committed to getting better that day and, and being the best that you can be always with a positive attitude. So. You know that that's just me in a nutshell. I'm a straightforward guy. I'm not a I'm not a beat around the bush type of person. Um, I, I deal with people according to how they deal with me, with with integrity and respect and honesty and truth, and and that's how we approach our day. And and that's pretty much how the how my philosophy works. And, and offensively, nothing won't won't change from that standpoint. So it it basically reflects my background as a player and coach. Man, good deal, coach. Good deal. Yeah, coach. Yeah, I wanted to follow up on on your background. Um, I mean, it is a uh, a varied background all the way from your college days, from that sort of uh, uh, Jack Pardee right. influence spread system and, and and things of that nature that goes back to uh, you know in these parts we look at Archie Cooley. Well, yeah. he was able to do with the spread yeah. from, and from the Mouse Davis, you know that that sort of uh, look, if you will. But uh, in terms of uh, you know, the secret to the sauce of, of the, that, that spread system. Uh, what are some of the, you know, things fans can kind of look for with regards to, you know, uh, the, the spread and playing wide open space and things like that? Well, I'll tell you what, man, you bring up a great point. Obviously, Coach Cooley is very well respected in the profession. 
um, and, and what he was able to do during his time and tenure at, at Mississippi Valley, you know, and the 49ers got a lot of stuff from him and, 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 and Jerry Rice and all those guys, success of those guys. I grew up watching Mississippi Valley State when I was in high school and junior high, and I remember those guys coming down to play Texas Southern and just to watch mm -hmm. the spread system just get after those guys, man. So, you know, I think the thing that fans can look forward to is something that's going to be exciting, uh, up-tempo, um, but the secret sauce is with any system or any offense, whether it's offense, defense, or even special teams, is players. <laughs> That's the secret <laughs> sauce, man. You sure. got to get the players, you know, and, and the more, the better players you get, um, you know, and, and let me just say this, you know, you don't have to get the best players. You have to get players that are willing to be coached and are willing to, you know, adapt to change and, and willing to take instruction and go out and, and execute because I believe every player, if he's coachable, he will get better. He will perform better. Mm. And so, mm. you know, but if you get if you get the type of guys that we all want, the four or five star type of guys, you know, obviously that, that's a coach's dream. You know, we can call plays and they'll make us right. <laughs> you know, so I guess they're the sauce to be the players. You know, and uh, again, they don't they they you would like to for them to be great, but they don't have to be great if they're coachable because they will get better. Mm -hmm. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, coaches, we talk about your coaching style and the type of system that you'll run. I want to also talk about uh, your co-pilot there, Coach Michael Pollack, who is the co-offense coordinator. Sure. What is that? What's your familiarity with him? And, and I would say, what's the chemistry been like with you two so Dave, far? Man, I'm glad you asked that question because Mike is a big part of what we're doing here. Um, our, our chemistry has been phenomenal. Um, it's almost as if if I if I say something, if I start a sentence, he dot it. He put the period at the end of it on exclamation point. And we're going to operate with periods and exclamation points and no questions asked. That's how we're going to roll. Mm. And it's just been great to work with him so far. And, uh, you know, I didn't know him prior to this. And, I, again, I, I think I did a, a conversation earlier. And it's just a testament to his vision and Coach Prime's relationship with people. He's put together a good group of guys, a great staff here of all like minds. And, and when I say that, we're all like his mind. And so we're, wanna, we're very competitive, and we definitely want to win. And so it's just been a pleasure, man, just being around these guys, just leaning on these guys from their knowledge and experience. And Mike's no different. And he may be from – comes from the high school ranks, but like I said before, man, football is football. No matter what level, you know, if you have an understanding of the game, then that, then that understanding translates to every level. Mm -hmm. Mm, gotcha. Now you know we talked about you, about your style and 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 that coaching tree. You know, Jones' name and and and, and the That's influence right. of Archie Cooley, and now that that, that co partnership and co piloting with Michael Pollock. And 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 when it gets to game day, coach, uh, you know, what does that offense look like? And 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 what are the players who or who are they hearing from? How how are we going to do the play calling? Is it a joint system? Is it just you? Is it Mike on the plays? Is it game by game? Have you gotten through that process of how that's going to flesh yeah, out? Yeah, we're still working through that process, to be quite honest with you. Um, I have no reservation mm -hmm. as to saying who will be calling the plays when that when that time comes. I, I just feel that the comfort level should come from the quarterback room, to so to speak, because you're in the room and you you have the feel and you have the vibe of the guys in the room that are actually out there executing the plays. And so, you know, it'll be a collaborate effort. I mean, we've had a similar – I've had a similar collaborate effort before at Houston with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. 
and so that was very successful. I think we were twelve and zero that year prior to the championship game. So, uh, and, and what coach? Twelve and zero. <laughs> and O. <laughs> Hashtag and O. Twelve and zero. So I mean, the things we were able to do there, we worked very well together. Then, and, and the biggest key to this, and I know everybody wants to know who's calling the plays, and and that's 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 important to whoever it's important to. To me, at the end of the day, the most important thing is winning and having the best formula mm-hmm. for us to get up to for our kids to go out and execute and win football games. So I'm not an ego guy and I don't think anyone on the staff is. So I'm not going to get caught up in what other people may think or what their expectations may be. As uh, long as we can put something together that gives our kids the best chance to go out and perform to their talent level and we win the game, I could care less who calls it. Sure thing. And I can tell you this, Coach. I'm 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 in no position to speak on behalf of Tiger Nation, but we like that uh, and O sound and if, and whatever <laughs> whatever y'all do that works, we for that. But you know, you you mentioned you mentioned something when you said the quarterback room, and uh, you know, I know that we have this uh, this kind of a, a different or abbreviated practice schedule. And this is a new head coach, new coaching staff. Sure going into a new calendar year and all those things. But in that quarterback room, as you try to implement your system and, and the practices that we've been able to have, uh, how challenging has it been to, you know, make sure different guys get different reps so everybody, you know, because you can properly evaluate and, and and that kind of thing. Has that been challenging in this this shortened little period we got yeah, here? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's challenging on all fronts with every position, but more importantly the quarterback position because you want to be able to spend as much time as you can with that individual because he's the coach on the field. He's the guy that's going to get guys lined up properly. He's going to execute the offense that's called. He can get you in and out of a good, a bad call. And so it's been challenging simply because of the, the pandemic, man, the global pandemic with COVID. It's kind of put some limitations on some of the things that we can do. I mean, I'm, I am not a, uh, a student in virtual stuff. <laughs> I'm a hands-on type of guy. You know, I'm going to be, I want to touch my players and be there with them and help instruct them and be able to show them what I'm talking about. So those are the limitations that we're experiencing. But, you know, that quarterback room is critical to our success because the more he understands what we expect or what the offense is, the, the more he can go out and execute it. And you would like to see him put his own flavor to it. You know, I mean, obviously the scheme is what it is and, and the system is what it is. And, and we have some some foundation stuff that we like to do within the offense. But at the end of the day, you want to see him take the reins of that offense and then do him in it. Like you see with a Tom Brady, you know, like you see with other successful Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, you know, those guys have taken the system that they understand and, and made it fit their playing ability. And so that's what we want to do here. But COVID has kind of put a limitation to that. And hopefully we can get past this and move forward and continue to do the things that we've been doing prior to, um, us having to shut down for a couple of days. Let me go back to something that you said in terms of uh, comfort level. And, yeah. and, and, you know, when we talked with uh, Coach Thurman, uh, he, he talked about, um, you know, he's done both in terms of being on the sideline and in the booth, uh, but he, he likes, you know, be a hands-on sort of guy. So, uh, but in regards to your own comfort level, do you see the game better as an offensive play caller from the booth or from the sideline? Well, you know, it just depends on on that. It, each individual is different, to be quite honest with you. I know some guys that, you know, like it up there because it's a bigger visual. Um, you can see things better from up top. Um, it's kind of like a, 
uh, a video camera view in practice and 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 such. So you you're able to see the bigger picture, so to speak. For me personally, I like the environment of the field. Uh, the game is mm-hmm. right there. You have a personal interaction with the crowd, personal interaction with the other team. You get a feel for what's going on. Your players are communicating to you on the sideline, letting you know what they see and what they think will work and that kind of deal. So. You know, I'm more of an on-the-field type of guy, and and that and I don't know. I don't know if there's a direct correlation to this, but it, it may have something to do with play callers that were players and and play callers that weren't players. So it, hmm. you know, I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but I just know from my comfort level, um, I'm I'm a sideline guy all the way because I want to interact with the guys. Sure, sure thing. You know, I, I, and I wanted to ask this question of an offensive play caller in terms of. Uh, schematic things, um, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm you're a former receiver, and I've always been amused by uh, receivers. Seem to you know they want that ball. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really yeah, demand. We're always the ball, but always over, always over. But I wanted to ask the question in terms of uh, as as a play caller, do you get a feel for the game where you have you know somebody that's hot and you have to get the ball in the hands, kind of like. Feeding a, a hot hand in basketball. Does it work that same way in football? Absolutely. Uh, you know, you come into a game, you know, typically how how we've done it everywhere else I've been, you know, you kind of get a feel for what guys do in practice that week. You know I mean? I'm a big, big believer in demonstrated ability. Don't tell me what mm. you're going to do on game day. I need to see you do that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to show mm. me, how, that, to, to make me believe that you can, are capable of doing that on game day. So, I typically look for guys that are practicing the right way, preparing themselves to play the game the right way. And then you obviously the script, you know, you when you come up with the script for the game calls and, and that kind of deal, you you have plays that are designated for that individual. You want to feed that individual. And you want to get that individual ball as quickly as possible. As you mentioned when I played, I wanted I wanted to touch the ball first. I wanted to get and it didn't have to be a just give me something to where I can get a feel for, okay. You know what's going on out here? Are they are they very aggressive? Are they going to be laid back? What what are they doing? What are they trying to do? Are they going to let us dictate the pace? Or are they trying to dictate the pace? So something quick hit, so we can have something positive right off the bat, and then we just kind of play it out from there. So that's kind of how I've approached it in the past with the other guys that I've worked with, and and so hopefully we'll have the same chemistry to work. We'll be able to work that out here, but. Again, you know, the the players, you just want to give them an opportunity to just get involved in the game early, you know. So with quarterbacks, you give them something that they can complete first. I don't care if it's a bubble or it's his hitch or whatever the case may be. Let him, let him get his first completion under his belt to where now he can establish a rhythm. Give the running back a ball kind of early. Just let him establish his 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 rhythm, you know, in the O-line. And, and just try to get everybody involved from that perspective, you know, from a pass protection standpoint, run game standpoint. And it's kind of dictated from there. Sure, mm-hmm. sure thing. Sure. You know, Coach, you, you know, you're talking about that quarterback and, you know, Chuck was talking about feeding the hot hand. We know how vital the QB is to any system, but outside of the quarterback, what position group would you say is most essential in your specific scheme? Well, in our, in our scheme, and I'll keep addressing it as our scheme because it's, it's all of ours collectively. Mm-hmm. But, right. um, you know, I, I tell this to our receivers all the time. <laughs> I mean, when you're in a scheme like this, a tempo, up-tempo spread team, you know, there's not a car out there that can run without an engine. So the receiver room, we're going to take a lot of the responsibility. We're the engine, you know. So the quarterback, obviously, he's in control. He's in the driver's seat. He's going to start that car, start the engine, and then he's going to steer the wheel in whatever direction we're going. But at the end of the day, 
you know, based on what we're doing schematically, you know, receivers and tight ends, you know, we're responsible for making sure that that car is running. So we'll be the engine uh, because what we're going to do is, you know, put the ball in the air quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's a very interesting point. I want to follow up on uh, your former receiver and yeah. uh, you uh, are a uh, well-versed receiver guru uh, in terms <laughs> of uh, what you've been able to do in your coaching career. And I want to ask about the development of wide receivers. What are the things uh, that you feel are, are important, especially at this point with receivers learning what you want them to do? Well, you know, the biggest thing is for, for any, any player, and, and I look for it, particularly in my room, is, is coachability. I mean, I have a wealth of knowledge and experience, like you said, man, and, and, and my job is not to retain that information. I want to share it as much as possible. So that, that individual has to be willing to be, you know, uh, coachable, and he has to be receptive to everything that's coming. And it may require him to change certain things about his, his de- demeanor. It may change some things about his mindset, change certain things about his attitude. You know, and because it's a it's a it's a evolving position. It's a, the game is evolving, so you're constantly learning. And so, you know, that's one of the things I look for. If, if I look into a room and I see a bunch of guys that have got a pen and paper ready to take notes, wide eyed, bushy tail, man, that's going to spark me and going to give me the energy to give them everything I got. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the more you get, the more you give, the more they receive, the better off we're all going to be. And so that's that's the biggest thing, man. Just being in being in a room with a lot of guys that want to be coached, you know. So that's what I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, and speaking of being in that room with those guys and coaching them up, you know, for our returning upperclassmen, this will actually be their third offense in one calendar year, which that may be unprecedented. But what what's that learning curve been like for them so far? I know it's early, but but what are you seeing? No, there? man, I I see the thing that I described. You know, I see a lot of guys that are willing to learn. A lot of guys that are excited about this opportunity. A lot of guys are excited about this this time, this this change in the culture the energy that Coach Prime has brought to the table, the energy that these coaches we are bringing to the table, and the fact that they're excited and energized about it just makes us have more energy and, and be more excited to come here every day. And so those guys have been great. I mean, the offensive system, we're, we're working to simplify things as quickly as possible. We need to get in a, a base structure so they have a base understanding of what we're doing. But once that's complete, then we'll be able to dial it into the things that they can do and the things they like to do because at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. Now, you won't see any coach line up and play this spring or this fall. It'll be all the players. So we need to do what they understand and we need to do what they like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Coach, you touched on some things uh, a couple of questions ago that I just want to underscore, man, that, I just, that, just, that hit me in the right way. Uh, you know, because this whole process, as you're going into practice and getting to know these players and they get to know you, it's, it's it's all about, you know, just simply developing that trust. You know, who who can I count on count on on Saturdays? You know, this whole process to know it because, the as, you know, we talked with Coach Thurman and we talked to Coach Prime right. about it. You know, the best indicator of future performance is past performance. So you put these guys in a situation and see what they do, as you said, Monday through Wednesday, Monday through Thursday, so we can find out what you do on, on, on Saturday. So I, I think that you guys, man, from the head coach and, and, and defense coordinator, offense coordinator, you got that right philosophy, and I can tell you guys, uh, you know, share that. Uh, but as we look at this install, you know, we have this uh, this spring schedule, uh, sure. you know, that, that we are moving fast and, and furious toward and, and hopeful and optimistic that it's going to take place. Uh, what are some of the challenges that have come with 
you know, that install. And, and then a part, another part of that, that, that thought process is, and you kind of touched on it a second ago, how much of that are we doing in the spring? Or are we saving to the fall? Yeah, it's, Or it's is it just much, lights out? Um, we're doing everything we can do right now. As far as we're, we're, we're just giving them everything that they can handle and just overloading their plate. And then as we, as we get it all in, then we'll start to simplify things towards a game plan. Okay. So we'll have a bigger menu that we will feed these guys right now, but obviously mm-hmm. going into the season, um, it will be simplified. It will be modified to fit that particular game plan. So the, the whole menu won't go into each week. So, but, so that's, that's the structure of it right now. But some of the challenges obviously with, gotcha. with have playing a spring schedule is, um, is that this is not a typical football season. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the challenge right. in that is, you know, because now this time of year, typically you're, you're mm-hmm. kind of winding down, you're self-reflecting from the fall, you're doing your self-evaluations, and then also you're preparing for spring practice and then recruiting. So we're having to juggle all those balls right now. And so that that's what makes this a little bit, a little bit challenging. I wouldn't say difficult by any means, but it's a little challenging. And I think we have the right people in place and the right leader in place to help get us through this process. Well, Coach, let me tell you this, man, because you you gave the analogy <laughs> when you said menu and you speaking, you know, you speaking my language. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so it'll tell you what happens. Now I go to Waffle House and they got this front and front and back. They got this front and back menu. That's what works. But for I stick with a work <laughs> choke, Coach. I, I'm gonna get the patty milk because that's what works for him. I see all the other stuff. Yeah, I, I've learned the menu. I got the system, but I ain't never not scored with the patty milk. So I hear what you're saying. You're that's gonna put it all out exactly there, but right, week by so week we're gonna go with the patty yeah, milk because that's what that works. Sure they give you the entire menu to entice you with, but each day you pick what you like. <laughs> uh, absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, coach. You know we talk about the uniqueness of this pandemic. Uh, you know, as we said, it's unprecedented and uncharted territory that we're navigating, but. This could also be the first time that a coach has ended one football season and immediately begun preparing for another football season. It's only about six weeks, six or so weeks away. So talk about this quick turnaround, what it's like, and maybe some of the challenges that come along with it. Well, the biggest challenge in, in having done this, uh, about to do this and experiencing this right now, the biggest challenge for me is you you need that time to unplug, man. After a grinding season, you know, you you, you typically start in July preparing for a season you got training camp in august you play the season in the fall you got bowl games and all those things and all the other stuff that come with the profession you know movement people moving around you know obviously guys doing this and doing that and and recruiting you know you, you signing day here first signing day in december next signing day coming here in, a, in another week or so uh close and then you unplug you know you get a couple weeks to unplug yourself well haven't had that opportunity to unplug. <laughs> so, you know, right. so he's just plugged into another socket. You unplug from one socket to another socket. So, you know, that's that's the biggest challenge. I mean, that's the biggest change so far, you know, that I see. But like I said before, man, at the end of the day, you know, football is football. And, it, and you're in it for the right reasons because we're all in it for the kids. That's the number one reason why we do what we do is for the guys. And so we're here for them. If they're going to show up every day and give us their best, I'm going to mm-hmm. show up and we're going to show up every day and give them everything we got. So, but that would be the biggest mm-hmm. thing for me. Amen. Uh, Coach, I want to ask uh, the question in regards to 
uh, adjustments. And, you know, what are you looking forward to uh, to from transitioning from the uh, the FBS to FCS, from the Mountain West to the SWAC? And and I wanted to ask, you know, uh, have you been able to get up to speed on the the, the coaching acumen around the conference, from from a, a Dawson Odoms at Southern to Eric Dooley at Prairie View, uh, just in terms of looking around the conference and and seeing what these other teams have? Well, I tell you what, man, I, you know. I appreciate your question, uh, but I don't see it that way. You know, um, I see it in the way that all those guys you mentioned, I've been following those guys and because the, the coaching profession is a small circle. And so you mm-hmm. interact with those guys a lot, even though maybe directly sometimes or indirectly a lot of times because you see them on a recruiting trail. You know what they're doing out there recruiting because I see them in my areas and and transitioning from whatever, I don't even understand what FCS and FBS and all that means, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> sure, right. you know, because it's, it's, the, it's the game of football as, as what I'm trying to get. <laughs> Obviously, what Coach Prime is trying to get everybody to understand, it should be all equal. It should be all level. Mm-hmm. It should be the same playing field. We should not, you know, stereotype or, mm-hmm. you know, put labels on ourselves simply because of what people have designated. You know, we have the power and the capability of changing that. And I told Coach Prime when I first got here, the way we're doing things and his vision and the way he's done some things around here and the way he wants it done, the only thing, you know, HBCU about us is our location, you know, as far Mm -hmm. as what he wants to do. Now, I definitely have an appreciation for historically black colleges and universities because they were created to give us opportunity. And so we need to level that playing field and, and, and start looking at things from that standpoint. But in respects to those other, other coaches and the swag and all that, man, I see us all as, as guys doing what they love to do, preparing and developing kids to be the men that we all expect them to be moving forward. So that's how I look at it, to be quite honest with you. I don't, I don't see it in any separate ways than other than that. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a great vision coming from Coach Prime. You know, I'm still riding a high mm-hmm. from the announcement. That was way back oh, no <laughs> September 21st. <laughs> and even prior to that, I mean, I literally can still remember getting the phone call that he would be our next head coach, and I couldn't believe it. So, you know, it's just a blessing for us at Jackson State to have him. And then obviously now that he's introduced to you guys, you know, he introduced us to you guys as staff, the blessings have, have continued as well. But, you know, I love hearing from you guys, the staff, about how it unfolded for you in terms of joining the staff. So what were those initial conversations with Coach Prime like, and what was his quote-unquote sales pitch uh, to, to you to come join us? <laughs> so, I mean, Dion and I go way back to our playing days in college in 1988. We were fortunate enough to be on the same, all a couple All-American teams together. So we traveled the country a little bit together and got to know each other. And the thing that, you know, that I'm seeing here, and I'm sure you guys and the fans is, are seeing as well is, like-minded people. I mean, and so these relationships were established years ago. And so there wasn't a sell pitch. He said, hey, man, I'm going to get a job, and would you be interested? Like, absolutely. So that was it. And and cause, because I wanted to fulfill his vision, and that anything I can do to help him fulfill that vision, because we're of like mind, again, it all boils down to what are we going to do for the kids? How are we helping our players, man? If we're not doing anything for our players, I don't want to be a part of that. And I've been a part of some staffs, and I won't mention those staffs, but I've been a part of staffs, and, and you guys see that. I mean, guys using these kids to win games and, and climb the ladder and make all this money. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not what it's about. It's, an, it's not about leaving players behind. It's not about 
not developing players, preparing them for life after football. Because, I mean, the percentages of guys playing football at the next level is very small. And we need to get these guys yeah. to understand that. And what we're doing here and what Coach Prime Vision is here is help develop these guys to be able to take care of themselves, take care of their families, and, and be, be something that everyone can be proud of at the end of the day, including themselves. They need to be proud of themselves. So the sell pitch was easy. I know it's heart. I know it's vision. I, I think the timing is right for us to be where we are. Uh, it was, it's definitely a blessing. It's definitely an assignment from God. And the, the climate of the country calls for it. And, and we're mm-hmm. here. And so, you know, this is this is not a, you know, passing through type sort of thing. This was ordained. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the guys were placed here for a reason. And I'm looking forward to fulfilling my role. Sure thing. You know, Coach, uh, you were a teammate of, of Coach Prime in, in Atlanta. I used to get after and him, I'm, too. <laughs> oh, and, and that leads to this question. Is actually, <laughs> just following up on what you said, but you know uh-huh. the similarities and the differences between prime time and coach prime. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans want to know the, the the kind of differences between the public persona and sort of this our uh, hardworking head coach that we have. No, there's there's no differences. I mean, I could see why people would think there would be, but uh, Dion. You know, was was that way as a player, man. He he worked his butt off. I mean, his guy that practiced, you know, with us with the Falcons, you know, during the day and, and went home and had a batting cage and would hit baseballs at night. So the work ethic was definitely there. There was there was nothing um taken advantage of or there was no deals being struck in practice. I mean, we went at each other every single day in practice. He he wanted a certain type of look. He got the look I wanted to give him, but it was all competitive. And, you know, so he's he's been a hard worker and he's been a winner, you know, his mm-hmm. entire life, too. So, you know, what you see is what you get, man. There's nothing nothing different about that. Nothing fake about that. It's, what you see is, is who he is. He's a hard worker. He's he's a he's a dot all eyes, cross all T's, attention to detail guy from from everything, you know. And that's the thing that's been impressive to me, seeing him as a head coach, having worked with several head coaches, just seeing how he's adjusted to being a head coach and how in tune and in line he is with some of the guys that I worked with, and in some cases even better. So he's the same guy to me. I mean, he wants to win. He wants to work hard. And, and so that's no different from what I've been seeing since I've known him. Sure thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and Coach, we were talking about that recruiting earlier. You were mentioning, you know, the type of players that you were going after and looking to land. And much has been said about the early recruiting success of Jackson State football under Coach Prime and, and staff. And it's making national headlines. So can you talk to us about their recruiting success and let us know why so many three- and four-star recruits have been committing and signing with JSU? Well, I think when they talk to Coach Prime, I think when they, they, they hear him speak, the parents hear him speak, uh, they get a feel for – get to know him at, on a personal level – they can't help but feel that energy and believe in his vision and believe in the goals. I mean, because the proof is in the pudding. I mean, his track record speaks for itself. And so, you know, we're getting a lot of guys that, you know, believe the same things we believe. And again, it's, it's like-minded people. I mean, they all want to go somewhere where they have an opportunity to play, have an opportunity to win, have an opportunity to get a degree, and then have that opportunity to go on and play at the next level, wherever that may be. So, you know, we're all on the same page. Having recruited at other places, you know, recruiting is the same no matter where you are. You know, obviously there are some schools out there that have better resources, but 
you know, we're, we're fighting that battle. And like Coach Prime liked to say, we may not have everything, but what we have, we're going to maximize and make sure they get the things that they necessarily need. So uh, that's mm-hmm. that's been the message, man. It hasn't been it hasn't been hard. It hasn't been hard. It hasn't, as you can see, it hasn't been as hard as people might think, mm-hmm. man. It's just a matter of getting the right people in front of them and obviously, you know, saying, saying the same thing that they're thinking, you know, because you, mm-hmm. you have to say things what people may be thinking. And, and if you're of like mind of them, then you, the conversation will be that, of such that they want to hear that. That's what they were looking mm-hmm. for. So, sure, sure. Uh, you know, Coach, um, uh, your name uh, is definitely every high school coach uh, in the Houston area. The definitively knows Jason Phillips. I'm based out here mm-hmm. uh, in Houston. Uh, but I wanted to ask about uh, uh, Houston and Dallas uh, in terms of, of it being a sort of a football epicenter where you see a lot of schools come in and recruit both of those cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could just kind of shed light on uh, the players in, in the Houston area and the Dallas area and, and why, you know, that that those two cities in particular seem to be epicenters for where a lot of schools come in and pick up players. Yeah, you know, that that's two cities I would have to give, you know, New Orleans and obviously Florida, you know, but you're mm-hmm. right, Houston and Dallas, and to me is – it's oversaturated with a lot of guys that don't belong there. <laughs> I got you. I that out there. You know, there's a lot of cats that don't belong there. They need to stay in their area or in their region and just leave us alone. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's about relationships, man. I mean, it's, it's always going to be that. And we've done a good job of building relationships with people in those areas, particularly in Florida with Dion's background in Florida. And, and so, you know, Houston, is, it's just population will make it such an epicenter. I would say Dallas population, same with L.A., just population of players and their players everywhere. And, and as far as the, the ratings that go, you know, if you go to some regions of the country, you got a four star player there, you know, it drops off tremendously. You know, because that next player is not a, not to that caliber. He's probably one star, maybe no star, right? Whereas in Houston, you know, they're, they're caliber of players everywhere, you know, because of the population. So that's, that's what it is primarily. And, and, and anytime you're in a situation like that, you have to have grounded relationships that's been built over time. I mean, I've been very fortunate, like you said, for the high school coaches there to know me because I was a high school player there. I was a college player there, and I spent eight years or ten years coaching there at the University of Houston. So I've been very fortunate, man. I've been very blessed in order to, to have that opportunity to build those relationships. And a lot of the players that I've coached over the years are now coaches, so that even helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, sure. No yeah, doubt, no doubt. All right, well, Coach, this has been an honor, man. Great stuff. You know, I know the fans will love hearing from you. I'm definitely excited about you guys and what you're going to bring to the table, the university. The city is buzzing. Absolutely. Uh, so we're just ready to go, Coach. Uh, anytime you want to come back on the show, definitely uh, let us know. We hope, hopefully, we can hear from you throughout the season, throughout the spring season. Man, I, I love to be back on you guys' show. This has been fun, man. You guys are, are not as as harmful as some of these other guys. So, <laughs> no, this this has been great, man. I've been enjoying myself tremendously, man. You guys have done a heck of a job, man. I appreciate you having. Me. Thank you. Awesome bro. stuff. Appreciate All right, our right, pleasure. Got to All, right. Right. All right. Okay. All right. You too. And that'll do it for episode 126 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. 
and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag I believe. Hashtag the I love. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.